This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. With every day that passes, Israel is being further exiled from the world as we know it. Turkey's Islamist president, Mr. Erdogan, is blasting Israel as a war criminal to the world and is committing, saying that is committing an open and despicable massacre against Gazans in a fiery pro-Hamas speech at a massive rally in Istanbul, according that's organized by his AKP party. Erdogan, who's been a longtime defender of Hamas, has ramped up his rhetoric against the Jewish state following Israel's declaration of war and retaliatory campaign against Hamas terrorists. At the pro-Palestinian rally, Mr. Erdogan questioned Israel's historic claim even to the Middle East homeland. He said, you're an occupier. You're an organization. You're not a people. Israel, we will declare you as a war criminal to the world. He said, what is being done in Gaza is not defense, but an open and despicable massacre, Erdogan said. And Gazans will be written, he said, in history as a glorious epic of resistance. He issued a seeming threat to thrust Turkey into the entire Hamas, excuse me, Israel-Hamas war, declaring, these are his words, O Western powers, do you want a new war between the Crescent and the Crusaders again? We can come at night unexpectedly. He said, well, Israel responded to the speech by pulling its diplomats from Ankara, and which Sunday, by the way, celebrated its 100th year anniversary as a modern secular state, which is being reversed by Mr. Erdogan as a fundamentalist Islamic state. But the Biden administration's State Department spokesman refused to condemn Erdogan for his harsh anti-Israeli statement, saying only that the White House disagrees with Erdogan's comments. But the foreign policy group called Foundation for Defense of Democracies said Israel's rhetoric is not, the anti-Israel rhetoric from Erdogan is not an unusual move for the president of Turkey, as his desire to undermine Israel is becoming clearer by the day. And he is stirring up a foment there in Turkey, a radical Islamist party and a partner in Erdogan's governing coalition also held a celebratory, a celebratory rally outside the Israeli consulate in Istanbul, chanting, Israel be damned. A day later in Istanbul, a Turkish aid organization known for supporting jihadist causes held a rally in Istanbul. Its supporters vowed to kill U.S. troops deployed in the region and denounce the United States as the great Satan for its support of Israel. So, my friends, I welcome you to Viewpoint today. Can you understand how Viewpoint is determining destiny? It really is. Viewpoint is determining destiny. And Turkey is now threatening a war between the cross and the crescent, between the cross and the crescent, between Christians even and Muslims. 
Do you think the world might be in turmoil? Do you think we might be on the near edge of something quite explosive in our world, far more explosive than anyone really anticipated? Do you think perhaps that this is putting the Russian-Ukrainian issue on the back burner? Why might that be? Today we take a look at how and why Israel is becoming a global exile. An exile from all other civilization in the world. You say, how could that possibly be? I thought God called Israel the apple of his eye. Well, he did. And that's precisely why the rest of the world is against them. It's what you might call hypersensitive envy. Hyperventilated envy. And who can stand against envy? That's what the Bible asks. Who can stand against envy? Just wrote that down here. Israel excised from the world who can stand against envy. That has a ring to it, a biblical ring to it. And friends, that's exactly where we are. So I'm glad that you've joined us. You may not be glad after hearing this, but in fact, we do need to hear it. We need to understand. It's not just the information that we need. We need the information so that we can reconsider our own lives, our own ways, our own uh, values, our own position with the Lord in this critical hour of world history. That's why we need to hear it. And people don't want to hear it because, for that precise reason, they don't want to reconsider their lives. They want business to go on as usual, and in America it's pretty easy to do, unless, of course, you're a Jewish person, and then it might be very difficult to do right now because of the rampant increase in anti-Semitism across the United States of America. It's not just around the world, friends. It's in the United States of America. And the latest report is that anti-Semitism has, just in the last three weeks, erupted into a situation that has increased anti-Semitism by, well, oh, about 1,300%. Now, that's pretty significant. America's universities and colleges are stuck in a very serious situation. Some of the preeminent donors, billionaires across the country are now determining not to support some of the major universities in the country. Why? Because those universities have declared their support either openly or tacitly by affirming what their students are doing and saying as being against Israel and pro-Hamas. In other words, pro-violence, the word Hamas being the Hebrew word for violent or violence. Please don't forget that. The word Hamas is the Hebrew word for violent or violence. What is it that God told Noah before he brought about the flood and told Noah to build the ark It took about 120 years to build. What was it that God said 
was the condition of the world at that time. He said violence is covering the earth. Violence was covering the earth. And all the imagination of the minds and hearts of men was evil only continually. Are we not seeing that? Are we not seeing this open and notorious violence everywhere? It's not just in the matter of Hamas. It's all over the world. It's in the United States. It's even within Israel. Wars against themselves. Liberal against conservative. Those who support the nation of Israel and those not so much. Wars and rumors of wars takes on a whole new meaning, doesn't it? We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. We're realizing increasingly that our viewpoints do determine destiny. The viewpoints of the peoples of our planet uh, are determining destiny. The viewpoints of the leaders of the various countries and organizations in our world are determining destiny. And you see how quickly that destiny can be determined or changed. It doesn't take a year Two years, ten years, it can take two days, two weeks. All it took was one attack on October 7th by Hamas against Israel, and the whole world changed. The whole world has changed, friends. It's almost as if this is Israel's 9-11 experience. It seemed that the whole world changed, and it did. The 9-11 experience where 19 renegade Muslims, from Saudi, mostly from Saudi Arabia, attacked the World Trade Center towers and tried to attack the White House and did attack the Pentagon, precipitated the world into a whole new arena. It was the arena in which we dare not oppose Islam. Shockingly, how could such an attack by fundamentalist Muslims against America cause America to respond by protecting Muslims and showing increasing favor toward Muslims even more so than Israel, which had been our friend from the beginning? There's almost no way to explain it. Other than, perhaps, the words of George W. Bush, a consummate globalist, who immediately went on television and declared that Muslims, Jews, and Christians all worship the same God, that Muslim was a a peaceful religion. He knew nothing about Islam. Nothing about Islam. Had not read the Quran, only what somebody told him. And so he spread a false view, propaganda, 
throughout the United States and around the world. And then he went around two weeks later and said that all religions worship the same God. Therefore, he created the scenario, the spirit throughout the world, that all religions are great, except for those that claim to be the sole way to heaven. In other words, Christianity. That would not be great, because that would mean that all religions don't worship the same God. And so George W. Bush set the stage, as a Republican, set the stage as a consummate globalist for what we're seeing today. And that, my friends, was 20 years ago. Where are we today? We see the consequences of this. What we're seeing now are the echoing consequences of what happened as a result of the 9-11 experience. These things are not happening in a vacuum. And now Turkey is threatening war against Christians, not just Israel, not just Jewish people, but against Christians because a nation that purportedly had its heart and soul founded in the Christian faith is the last best hope for Israel. And yet even Joe Biden today said he will veto any act by Congress for support of Israel unless it contains a major gift to Ukraine, which today one of Ukraine's leading forces under Mr. Zelensky has admitted growing and massive stealing by Ukrainian officials, particularly within the military. Who do you trust? What is it that's motivating the United States of America? Well, friends, what's motivating the United States of America is globalism. That's what's motivating Joe Biden. That's what's motivating our State Department. The same globalism that motivated George W. Bush and that motivated his father, George Herbert Walker Bush, and that motivated their father, Preston Bush. Mm -hmm. And that motivated Hillary Clinton. And that motivated Bill Clinton. All consummate globalists. And that motivated... Barack Hussein Obama. Now we have a president who came in in 2016 and said, we're going to make America great again as he came down the escalator there in New York and the world in America said, no way, no how. They conspired together with the globalists around the world to do whatever they could to take down, destroy whatever it would take to destroy Donald J. Trump. Now, I'm not here to support Donald J. Trump in that sense. I'm just telling you what the facts are. You can decide whether you want to reelect him or not. The point is why these things are happening. That's why. And so the stage is now set with Israel at the epicenter, Israel being exiled from the world, Because who can stand against envy? 
And then the rest of the world envies the United States. So the United States, through its globalist uh, uh, politicians and business people, say, okay, well, we don't want you to envy us. We'll just become one with you. That way you won't envy us. We'll all be together. One big loving bunch. That's the one world government that they're working for. That's precisely what God said he was against. That spirit in the building of the Tower of Babel. And here we are doing it again. In one final consummate effort to defy the God who made and preserved us a nation. And now Israel is caught in the crosshairs of all of this and not innocent at all because they're globalists within Israel. This is a spirit that has caught the entire world. And here's what God said about Israel. Please listen carefully. If you were to go back to the book of Numbers, you will find a series of, I think it's three chapters, like Numbers uh, 22, 23, and 24. I think those are the numbers. Which is the account of a of the, the uh, Balak, who is the uh, king of Moab. And he was scared spitless of the Israelites as they were on their way from Egypt to the Promised Land. And they had already defeated some of the other people groups around. And they were next. And he says, boy, I I, I don't think we can stand against this. So he hired Balaam as a prophet. He was known as a prophet, so he hired Balaam to come and curse Israel and bless Moab. It's a very dramatic set of chapters. You ought to read it. It it reveals a lot about human nature. It reveals a lot about what we do when we're cornered or think we're cornered and the compromises that we're willing to make and how much we're willing to pay to ignore truth, to get somebody to tell us what we want to hear. And the king of Moab wanted Balaam to tell him what he wanted to hear, and that it was he was going to curse Israel, and Moab would be able to escape from the sword of Israel, and everything would be wonderful, everything would be cool, and we'll live happily ever after. So there's a period of series of testings. And Balaam was called in to the king, and the king told him what this was about, and Balaam said, well, let me pray about it. So he comes back, and he says, I can't do it. God won't let me do it. Why would you have to pray about something that you already knew the answer to? How many of us have done that? Prayed about something that we already knew God's viewpoint on? Oh, my friends, I tell you, those three chapters are a screaming testimony to us. So then the king of uh, Balak was not very happy, and so he decided that he was going to seduce the prophet with some more 
promises, wonderful worldly promises. So we brought him back in. He said, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you. Balaam said, okay, well, let me go pray about it. Now, why did he have to go pray about it? God had already spoken. But he wanted what he wanted. Okay? He wanted what he wanted. So he goes back and he talks to the Lord and says, God says, no, 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 no. So it happened a third time. And then ultimately, not to go spend all this time going through this account, but ultimately, God told him, look, if they come after you, if if the King Balak sends his emissaries after you, then go with them this next time. But I'm going to tell you exactly what to say. You know what? Balaam did not wait. He saddled up his donkey and was raring to go. He was ready to go because he wanted the stuff that King Balak was going to promise him. The power, the perks and position. Isn't that kind of the way we are? We don't really want to know the will of the Lord. He's already made it pretty plain. We don't know. We don't need to know the will of the Lord, whether he wants us to dance with this frisky filly over here or that gent over there when we're married. We don't need to know the will of the Lord concerning that. We already do. We don't need to know the will of the Lord, whether we should uh, cohabit with someone, have premarital sex with someone, engage in homosexual behavior with someone, steal for the IRS. We don't need to know the will of the Lord. We already do. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. We know the world of the, the will of the Lord. We don't know need to know the will of the Lord by prayer to find out whether we should remarry after a divorce, if our spouse is still living, because we're told exactly what God's will is. Whoever divorces their spouse causes them to commit adultery. Whoever marries the one so divorced commits adultery. That's what Jesus said. Why would we pray about something like that? You know why? Because we want what we want. We don't want the will of the Lord. We want our own will. Now, Israel has a problem because at the end of that account with Balaam and Balak, God sends a message to Balaam. He said, look. And he gave him a vision. And the vision that God gave to Balaam came to this point. Israel will defeat Midian, uh, uh, Moab, and Israel will never be reckoned among the nations. Please remember those words. Israel will never be reckoned among the nations. In other words, God is not going to play games with Israel or with the nations and cause the people that he chose to be his peculiar people, his chosen people, to play games in footsie with the rest of the world. But guess what? Israel has tried to do that ever since that encounter with Balaam. Israel wanted to be like the rest of the world. But God says, no. You can want that all you want. You can keep trying, but I'm not going to ultimately let it happen. 
So guess what? The whole world now is coming against Israel. Israel is becoming an exile from the world, just as God said it would be. I dare say you won't hear that anywhere, because it doesn't fit the narrative, so to speak, that people want to communicate today. Poor Israel and horrible Amos. Yes, it is horrible Amos. And yes, it is poor Israel. But it's much more than that, friends. This is a much, much bigger picture. When we get back, we're going to go through a whole lot of developments that have taken place in the last 24 hours, showing how Israel is becoming a pariah state in the whole world. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Mr. Erdogan, the head of Turkey, Turkey as they now say, he said, we Turks came from the east and brutally conquered Asia Minor, once an ancient Christian peninsula littered with churches and monasteries. We slaughtered and enslaved millions of Christian infidels over the centuries and destroyed tens of thousands of churches. He said our handiest work came on May 29, 1453, when we sacked the ancient Christian city of Constantinople, Constantinople, where he said we committed unspeakable atrocities. Nor, he said, is our work over. We continue to persecute Christians, including Cyprus, which we are illegally occupying. And the Armenians are ancient genocide victims of old. That then is the true history of the nation whose president is currently accusing Israel of being an occupier. So, he says, do you want to wage a fight between the cross and the crescent again? This is not just about Israel, friends. This is about Israel and the kingdom of God made up of professing followers, real, genuine followers of Jesus Christ, who are grafted in to the original olive tree of Israel. That's what this is about. And the intensity of it is growing. 
That's the reason why I'm in the midst of writing a new book called When Persecution Comes. Do you think this language sounds like persecution? Erdogan claims that he had drawn a crowd of 1.5 million people to give his address. Unleashing a scathing attack against Israel and its Western supporters. Accused Israel allies of creating a crusade war atmosphere pitting Christians against Muslims. Now, the purpose here today is not to carry on a diatribe against Muslims. People who grew up in a Muslim country, whether it be Afghanistan or Sudan or wherever it happens to be, who are, shall we say, cultural Muslims. What we're really talking about here is the true believers. The true believers. Now, there are many people that say, uh, you know, they were born in the United States of America, and they're not Muslim, and they're not uh, Jewish, so they say, I'm Christian. Well, they're no more Christian than the man of the moon, just because, as I said before, if you drive, if you walk into a garage, it doesn't make you a car no matter what you say. So, where is all this going? How broadly is this exile of Israel going in our world? How quickly is it taking place? And why might it be taking place so quickly? Before we get to all that, I'm going to make available to you again my book, King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain. Because what is happening now must take place in order for the Antichrist eventually to be in position to claim rulership over the world from the Temple Mount. Israel has to be taken out of the picture. In terms of power, massive persecution, Perhaps the United States has to be taken out. I don't know. I'm certainly not willing that. But we're the only friend Israel has anymore, if we can even say that much. Certainly Barack Obama was no friend of Israel. He despised Israel. He even refused to take Mr. Netanyahu into the White House, made him come in through a back door. Barack Obama. He was also no friend of Christians. And that's why during the 2012 Democratic Convention, they mocked the God of creation and Jesus Christ. And over and over again, exalted Barack Obama as if he were the Messiah. You can read that in my book, Messiah. Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. But the book, King of the Mountain, helps us to understand the historic 
pattern and continuity that is leading us to this unique moment of time, just before the culmination of all things. It's a $20 book. And it's yours for $15 right there on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, PO Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. King of the Mountain, the eternal epic and end time battle. All right, now. Let us proceed here to see how far this exiling of Israel is going. From the Russian Times today, Iran calls for oil and food embargo on Israel. The Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei has argued that the measure would help stop crimes in Gaza. So... He is urging Muslim nations all over the world to impose an oil and food embargo on Israel to stop its military operation in Gaza. In other words, starve them out. I thought they were against Israel starving out the uh, Gazians. You see, so it's whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever your agenda is. And Israel is not starving them out. In fact, they're allowing numerous trucks to come in every single day, but Hamas has made it very difficult. So, he went on to explain, that is, Khomeini went on to explain that Israel is now in a state of shock and desperation and does not know what to do. While pointing out that the events in Gaza have prompted people to take to the streets and denounce Israel's actions, not only in the Muslim-majority states, but also in the United States and the Western Europe. So, Iranian foreign minister made a call asking Muslim nations to impose an immediate and complete oil embargo on Israel. Libya's House of Representatives also demanded that the government halt oil and gas exports to countries supporting Israel. Last month, the Associated Press quartered the Iraqi Prime Minister as warning that supplies of Middle Eastern oil to international markets could potentially be disrupted if other nations joined the conflict between Israel and Hamas. Iran, aside from being the world's eighth largest oil producer, could also potentially block the narrow Strait of Hormuz, which connects the Persian Gulf to the Gulf of Oman and the Arabian Sea, and the route is used to transport approximately one-third of the world's seaborne oil shipments. Are you beginning to get the picture? But that's not all. The Russian Times also announced Amnesty International is calling for an Israeli Gaza arms embargo. 
that no weapon weapon deliveries be made both to Israel and Hamas to protect civilians in Gaza. So the group endorsed the strike of four Belgian trade unions, which are reportedly blocking weapons transfers to Israel. And then Amnesty International says others should follow suit. So now they've got Belgian and their trade unions involved against Israel. But it's also affecting the United States. Washington began sending Israeli munition and other supplies after October 7th. So now this embargo is not just against Israel, but against America for arms. Then Israel, excuse me, Egypt is refusing to accept Palestinian refugees. Egypt, Arabs. The leader there said Cairo will not take in people fleeing from Gaza. Why? Why would they not take in their own people group? Maybe, friends, because they know too much about that people group. And the leader said, we are prepared to sacrifice millions of lives to ensure that no one encroaches upon our territory. Well, I thought Israel was supposed to take all these people in. I thought America was supposed to take all these people in. Isn't that what Joe Biden has been telling us? Isn't that what the Democrat Party has been telling us? We should be taking all these people into our country. Egypt says no way, no how. Hmm. Sound like a double standard to you? Then the president of Egypt said... Any attempt, he rejected any attempt to liquidate the Palestinian issue by military means or through the forced displacement of Palestinians from their land. In other words, we want to continue to hold this issue out there as a political cudgel to destroy Israel. We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. The exiling of Israel from the world. That's what's happening right before our eyes. Who would have ever believed that it would take it uh, so, be done so quickly? Three weeks. And yet Hamas is continuing to threaten terror on civilians in Israel again and again. 
I want you to listen to the words coming from a Hamas official. He threatened that the terrorist organization would begin conducting more attacks similar to the October 7th surprise massacre. His name is Ghazi Hamad. He said Hamas was justified. They will continue to conduct such massacres as many times as possible. Israel, he said, is a country that has no place on our land. We must remove that country because it constitutes a security, military, and political catastrophe to the Arabic and Islamic nation and must be finished. He said, we are not ashamed to say this with full force. We must teach Israel a lesson, he said, and we will do this again and again. So for those who think, including the Pope, that you can just bring a nice, sweet ceasefire and everything will be hunky-dory with a two-state solution, you're living in a fool's paradise. You have no idea. You refuse to accept the viewpoint of Hamas and fundamentalist Islam. And that is, Israel must be eradicated from the earth. Not just exiled from the world but eradicated from the earth. And then after Israel's eradicated from the earth, the Christians need to be eradicated as well. He said, the Al-Aqsa flood is just the first time, and there will be a second, a third, a fourth, because we have the determination, the resolve, and the capabilities to fight. Everything we do, he said, is justified. Our policy is clear, he said. We will strike in response to any attempted attack. Hamas threatens terror on civilians in Israel again and again. What is it about this kind of rhetoric that the world does not understand? Friends, it doesn't matter. Because the world has gained a reprobate mind. It is not of a mind that fears God. It is of a mind that is shaking its fist against the God of creation, against the God of Israel, against the God of professing born-again true followers of Jesus Christ. They are the ones that must be eradicated from the earth in order for us to gain peace on earth goodwill toward men. Can you understand then why by the time the Antichrist is introduced to the world and becomes manifest, massive numbers of professing Christians will have fallen away for the faith. Why? Because they're not willing to stand. They see the handwriting on the wall and they're going to conform They're going to capitulate. They're not going to stand in the evil day. And those who take that infamous mark of the beast will be forever consigned to perdition. Revelation chapter 14. That's why we have to talk about this, friends. That's why I wrote the book Antichrist. How to identify the coming 
imposter. The $22 book. I believe it's on our website for $18. You might want to get a copy of it. Messiah, my most recent book. I believe it also is on the uh, website for $18 or $20. You'll have to check it out. Antichrist and then Messiah. Today I've been talking about King of the Mountain because it's the one who that leads and sets the stage for Antichrist and Messiah. They're all on the website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Now, the Jerusalem Post has announced today that global anti-Semitism has soared by 1,180% in the last three weeks. 1,180%. Do you have any idea how massive that is? It's worldwide, friends. It's worldwide. Israel is being exiled. In America, it's massive. People cannot believe how our young people are so distorted and perverted in their understanding. They have no biblical background whatsoever. They're just following the Pied Piper of their uh, radical, liberal, uh, anti-Israel, anti-God professors and taking up their mantle. Like Hitler himself choreographed the young people. It's painful to watch. And they're leading participants in this exile of Israel worldwide. Then, we're talking about how Israel is being exiled, so we'll take a look at the next article. And what's fascinating is that some of these are coming, many of these are coming from the Russian Times. Now, the Russian Times, some people make fun of it, but I'm here to tell you, it may contain some Russian propaganda, but it contains a whole lot more truth than oftentimes we can find in American publications. Because American publications are even the most seeming conservative are not conservative like you think. They just refuse to talk about certain things. So here's one. South American state cuts ties with Israel over crimes against humanity. What South American state is that? Bolivia. Bolivia has alleged that the IDF, Israeli Defense Forces, committed atrocities in targeting the Palestinians. So they announced yesterday that it was severing diplomatic relations with Israel. Interestingly, Bolivia has been very communistic in its government. Not about democracy. So they have their own political ideas. But they have said Bolivia must declare Israel a terrorist state. 
and file a complaint with the International Criminal Court. Wow. And that's not all. Again, for the Russian Times, Chinese tech giants cancel Israel. Actually, this was in the Wall Street Journal. The Jewish state was reportedly left unnamed on China's leading online map services. Israel can no longer be found on China's leading online digital maps on platforms, said the Wall Street Journal. In other words, they're exiled the very existence of Israel from their maps. Do you have any idea what the implication of this is? Well, let's take a look at it from God's viewpoint. You say, how can you look at it from God's viewpoint? You're not God. No, but I can go by what he says, and you should too. What does God say about Israel? He said, I chose you. He also said, you're the apple of my eye. He also said, I chose you to be a peculiar people unto me. God has not changed his mind on that, friends. Israel may have changed their mind in whole or in part, but God hasn't changed his mind. God does not lie. He is not a man that he would lie. Furthermore, God made a promise to Abraham, reiterated in Isaac, and reconfirmed in Jacob, whose name would change to Israel, saying, I will bless those that bless you, I will curse those that curse you. And in you and through you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Well, that happens through Yeshua as Messiah. Because he was a descendant, read Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham and the son of David. The son of Abraham by faith, the son of David by genealogical heritage. So, God has not changed his mind. He said that unless the sun and the moon and the stars no longer work, the things that I have promised to Abraham and to the Jewish people, to Israel, will take place. So it doesn't matter what the rest of the world does to exile or annihilate Israel. It's going to be horrific. And God will permit it to be horrific. Why? Because Israel has not been faithful. Just like many professing Christians have not been faithful. Have you? That, my friends, is why we need to get our act in order. That's why we need to repent. We need to come clean. Israel needs to repent, and so do American professing Christians who are not walking with the Lord in the light of his word, so he cannot shed his glory on our ways, nor on our nation.
It's like what Ruth Graham once said. If God did not spare Sodom and Gomorrah, why should he spare America? And when she said that, America was nowhere near as corrupt and as blasphemously uh, debaucherous as we are at this moment. God is concluding both Jew and Gentile in unrighteousness. That's what the Apostle Paul said. So, God is going to fulfill his covenant. He is going to fulfill his word, even if it means only through a very, very small remnant of people. And that includes Israel, and that includes Gentile Christians. A very relatively small remnant. Question, will you be part of the remnant? That's the question that every one of us should be asking. Am I walking in line with the word of God, the will of God, the ways of God? Why should he give me any more favor than he would give a unrepentant and rebellious Israel? So, a third of the Jewish people in the world lost their lives in the Holocaust. One third. According to Zechariah chapter 11, I think it's 11, Two-thirds will ultimately lose their lives in the final judgment before the remnant is determined. The world will seek to completely annihilate Israel. What will happen with America? I cannot tell you for sure. But my dear friends, I tell you, if we don't get our life and our act together from God's viewpoint, there might be hell to pay. Israel being exiled. Christians ultimately will be exiled in the mind and the heart of the world, just as Israel. That's what God says. That's what persecution means. Thanks for joining us. Become a partner, friends. Send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. Do it today. Don't delay. God bless and pray. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.